You have lived in Stars Hollow for a long time, young man. It's time you became one of us. Sorry, I guess my pod's defective. Gilmore Girls Movie Night Podcast, and I have to tell you all, I am recording with my wife. She looks like her, but it's not her inside. So I'm a little worried. I'm afraid she was snatched up. And today we are talking about the invasion of the body snatchers, the movie that teaches us the wonderful moral lesson of don't trust anybody. And don't go to sleep. And never go to sleep. Yeah. And don't accept flowers. There are a lot of lessons in this movie. So, Courtney, where was this mentioned in Gilmore Girls? It was mentioned in Season 1, Episode 7, when Taylor is trying to get Luke to put up fall decorations. And Luke says, sorry, I guess my pod's defective. And then in Season 6, Episode 16, when Lorelai is babysitting Christopher's daughter, Gigi, Gigi screams because she's a brat. And Lorelai says, if that's your Donald Sutherland invasion of the body snatchers impression, it's a really good one. We'll have a lot to say about our children when we finally get to that episode. Although I guess okay. we won't because we're not talking about we're the doing episode. it now. <laughs> oh. um, Gigi's a brat. Okay. Our children are as well, though. They can be. Yeah. There are people out there that like them. And I don't understand why. Three-year-olds are the worst. They are. But we need to talk about the movie. Okay. So, because we always stand up, we always We're do. So good at it. We always do. One thing I noticed about, well, I didn't notice about this movie, but as we we're watching, I realized I've never seen a Donald Sutherland movie like pre two thousands. Yeah, I though. And to be fair, I can't think of a movie I've seen him in. I recognize him. I know I've seen him in things. Isn't he? A, isn't he President Snow? He is President Snow. Okay. That's, Games? Yes, that's the that one. That might actually be the only movie I've ever seen him in. Because you know how you watch you watch a movie and you're like, I know that person from one specific thing, but like you can't remember what the one specific thing was. That mm-hmm. is what just happened with Donald Sutherland. Okay, yeah. He was President Snow. Huh. There you go. He's a good actor. I mean, I know his son more than I know him. Kiefer. Yes. Yes. Well, he has, I think, a couple other sons that are actors. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know Kiefer is one of them. I know I've seen more of his movies. Do they roast him as bad as Rob Lowe's kids do on Instagram? Think, because if not, I don't care. I don't think anybody's kids roast them as much as Rob Lowe's kids no, do. No, it's like one of my favorite things about celebrities is watching Rob Lowe's kids roast him on Instagram. So let's go ahead and start talking about the movie. What is your background with this movie? You forgot your oh, question that you start with. I completely forgot. I have none. You have no background? I have none. Me. I knew nothing about it. I didn't even know it was a remake. Or there were two versions of it until I was started looking it up. I had heard of it. I th- think I might. I probably heard of it. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That sounds like something I would have heard of. Yeah. But I have zero background. How about you? I think my mom watched it. I have, like, a vague memory of my mom talking about it, but I am famously known for not liking scary movies, so I feel like my mom talked about it in terms of you should never see this movie. Yeah. I think this movie is a movie that my parents wouldn't have liked. You think so? Yeah. 
See, my mom... I don't know. If they're listening to this podcast, let me know if you like this, mom and dad. Well, you know your mom listens to it. I mean, I don't know if she listens to about movies she doesn't like. And chances are she doesn't like this movie. Okay, that's fair. My mom liked movies about... She liked horror movies. She liked sci-fi stuff. She liked... I say that now, though, and I'm thinking, like, she, she liked Star Trek. She did not like Star Wars. Like, I don't know that she had any history with Star Wars. That's kind of strange. I feel like I mean, if you're a person that's into sci-fi stuff, you should. But I always, I, I also think there's Star Trek and Star Wars people. Oh, so, so because I, she was a Star Trek I, person, she was not a Star Wars person. That's what I think. Interesting. I've never watched any of Star Trek, but I already know I don't like it because I like Star Wars. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> I feel like I have very little opinion about either one of them. Uh, I like Star Wars, and but I'm the one person that did not like The Mandalorian. Oh. Because it's a spaghetti western, and I've learned I'm not a spaghetti western fan. I've had no desire to watch that. So, I liked. I'm excited for I the. I feel Obi-Wan like I liked the one. new, the new Star Wars movies, the ones with Adam. What's his face? Oh my gosh, what is his last name? Kylo Ren. What is his last name? Adam Pascal. Driver. <laughs> okay, Adam makes... Driver. <laughs> it's Pascal. not. It's not. It's not. It's not Adam Pascal who's in Rent. Okay, yeah. I was are like, sure? why do I know your name? Were you watching Rent actually? No, I was not. Okay. Yeah, driver. Yeah. Because I hated him in Girls. His character's the worst in Girls. I mean, every character in Girls is the worst. But he's really bad in that. So I like kind of didn't yeah. want to see the new Star Wars movies because I hated him so much. But he was really nah, good, in good. And you're supposed they're to kind of hate him. In those um, two. the last one, The Rise of Skywalker, I think, mm-hmm. has gotten a lot of hate. A lot of people don't like that one. Have we seen that one? Yeah, we saw that one. Oh, okay. But I like that one. But anyways, we're going to actually... Um, we're like way off topic now. Get, well, we wouldn't be if we had gone the route of Star Trek, because Leonard Nimoy is in this movie. Yeah. So then we could have connected it, but I have no Star Trek knowledge to connect it to. All I think, when I think of Leonard Nimoy, there's a Five Iron Frenzy song, which that's going to really narrow down our fan base if anyone listening knows who Five Iron Frenzy is. Do you know who Five Iron Frenzy is? I, I've heard the name. It's like a Christian ska band. You know how I feel about Christian bands, don't you? I do. So I, I would not know them. I'm just saying. They're like a Christian ska band, and they're really good. And there was one song about like being a nerd and like how being a nerd was cool or something like that. And there's one line where they say, And Leonard Nimoy can't stand up to this. Mm. And every time I hear or see Leonard Nimoy, I, that song runs through my head. Yeah. You know what the best ska song is? Is Your Horoscope for Today, written by Weird Al. Weird Al in a, in a song also mentioned Leonard Nimoy by talking about Leonard Nimoy's butt. I think the amount of molecules in Leonard Nimoy's butt. Hmm. I think that might be, I don't remember this what is, song this is. This is, wow. This might be the worst tangent this <laughs> podcast has ever gone on. All right, let's go ahead and let's start the um, synopsis. Yeah. Shall we? Maybe we just don't want to talk about the movie. I, I think that might be it. All right, so we start out with a species of gelatinous creatures Abandoning their dying planet and traveling to Earth. To is that what it was supposed to look like? In San Francisco. That is not what the beginning looked like to me. That is what happened. Like, it looked like spider webs. Like it just looked like cobwebs yeah. floating through the air. But I also, the first note I put says, this is my nightmare. I hate aliens. So like I was not invested. Luckily in this, in this movie, a lot. I mean, it was, it did have gross parts, it but it wasn't purely like you would watch the aliens. No, it wasn't bad. Because it was bad. mostly humans. It really wasn't bad. Because the aliens. But there were like 
maybe two or three parts where the pods oozed something yeah. and i was like oh but like other than that i know you held your hand up while trying to watch it yeah because I, I don't know the music was very intense for this movie more so than other movies where it really builds like up when something very was little happen. music but when something was going to happen it really like right. the only music up. was amazing grace amazing grace which amazing grace on the bagpipes is my literal hell that's so sad i, I bagpipes. hate bagpipes and i despise the tune amazing grace my college graduation was so. led by bagpipes oh no like there was a like no. we walked from one place to the ceremony with bagpipes in front of us mm -hmm. playing no Sad. no bagpipes anyway. no bagpipes and having them play amazing grace just makes it 10 times worse i know so but that's near the end of the movie yes so they infiltrate earth's ecosystem latching onto plant life and taking the form of small pods with fragrant pink flowers and yes. that's when we meet elizabeth driscoll well, first, though, the pods get brought into people's homes because these kids on a playground pick up the flowers and give them to their teachers. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many times my kids hand me flowers? All the if time. If that is how aliens are going to take over the world, it's going to take two seconds because every kid in the world picks up flowers and gives it to a grown up. Yeah. Every kid in the world. And half the time it's weeds. Accurate. <laughs> Rarely there are actual flowers yes. that they can pick. Elizabeth Driscoll is a laboratory scientist at the San Francisco Health Department. She brings one of the flowers home where she lives with her boyfriend, Jeffrey. Leaving the flower on their bedside table, she awakens the next morning to discover Jeffrey behaving strangely cold and distant. And watching the movie, we already knew, okay, he, he's yeah, taken so in by that alien. Yeah. Elizabeth's colleague, Matthew Benel. Benel? Benel. Benel, because at the Benel, end they yes. were saying, thank you for calling us, Mr. Benel. Yes. Matthew Benel suggests she speak to his psychiatrist friend, David Kibner, played by Leonard Nimoy. Hold on, though. We need to talk about, I'm just going to say Donald, Donald Sutherland. How seriously? His name is Matthew Benel. Okay. Donald Sutherland takes his. Matthew Benel. Oh, my gosh. He takes his Department of Health job. Who does? Matthew Benel. Okay. Takes his Department of Health job so seriously. He went into that kitchen. Like, this was how they introduced to us that he worked for the health department. He walked into this kitchen, like, guns blazing. Mm -hmm. Like, he was such a badass. I mean, he found rat turds. Well, he did. But there was argument over whether or not it was a rat turd or a caper. And he actually brought it back to have them determine. We never found out if that was actually a rat turd. I think it was. Okay. But I just want to say, I wish that... I had that much enthusiasm for my job like Donald Sutherland does for being a health department person. It also makes me think of that episode of Friends where Phoebe dates the guy who works for the health department and he is like ruining all of the restaurants that they go to because he keeps shutting them down. <laughs> yes. Isn't he the one that she thought was really funny and she said if he was here he would say see you later. See you later. <laughs> Was it that guy? I can't remember. <laughs> I think that is him. I think that is him. Okay. Yeah. He and uh, Monica had some back and forth because she had to go get her hat from the kitchen, but she had to have her hat on. <sighs> Complicated. This is not a friend's podcast, though. No. So let's move on. I have to ask, do you have any Gene Kelly references in this movie? <laughs> it's like in five seconds. Oh, okay. We're going to start my new segment. Oh no. So get <laughs> no. excited. Not five seconds because that has passed already. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So Matthew Bennell suggests she speak to David Kibner, 
who was holding a book signing party to promote his new self-help book. As Elizabeth and Matthew drive to the bookstore, a hysterical man on the road screams to them, shouting, They're coming! You'll be next! Do you know who that is that went to the windshield and did all that? No, but it's some degree of Gene Kelly. (laughs) Yes, it is. We are now going to do our new segment called Five Degrees of Gene Kelly. My goal is to um, have some part of a movie have le- five degrees or less. Why is it five? Isn't Ke- the Kevin Bacon thing six degrees? Yeah, but five degrees makes it tougher. Okay. <laughs> okay. I want it to be tougher. Okay. <laughs> the Running Man is who that character's name is in the movie. Okay. Was played by actor Kevin McCarthy. Okay. Kevin McCarthy was actually the lead in the original What's movie, the, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, Sanchez. gotcha. He was oh, actually that's like. Cool. He was. He actually played. I don't know if it was the exact same character, but mm-hmm. he played the Donald Sutherland character. So he was Running Man. Okay. Kevin McCarthy was in a movie called Drive a Crooked Road mm-hmm. with Mickey Rooney. That's mm-hmm. when it becomes easy. Mickey Rooney was in a ton of Andy Hardy movies with Judy Garland. Okay. And they were really good friends. Judy Garland was in three movies with Gene Kelly: For Me and My Gal, The Pirate, and Summerstock. Three degrees. <laughs> you got it in three degrees. Five degrees or less. This has been five degrees or less of Gene Kelly. I feel like we need like a, a, an intro or something for the, I was, like, I was like going to rock. music or something. Five degrees. Five degrees or less of Gene Kelly. All right. I am going to expect you to record that <laughs> at some point, and we will just play it every time it's coming. <laughs> That's what oh. we need. We need to get a soundboard for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and someone else to edit it. <laughs> Just teach me. I want to do it. I can do it. I, I don't doubt you. People listening don't care about that, though. They don't mm-hmm. care who edits it. You can mm-hmm. be a monkey for all they care. Okay, I just want people to know that I am capable of editing things. Erica will tell you, my college roommate. Whenever I edited her papers, if something didn't sound right to me, but I couldn't really figure out why it didn't sound right, I would just write awkward nice. <laughs> with a question mark. And we still talk about that a lot. <laughs> I will say whenever we get to Singing in the Rain or On the Town or any of those movies, my game, Five Degrees of Gene Kelly, will be really easy. It's true. Because it'll be... <laughs> I'm thinking of ways we can make that more fun. <laughs> no! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Or when we do Wizard Am I not allowed to touch the Five Degrees of Gene Kelly game? <laughs> okay, you can make them more fun if you can figure it out. Right. I don't even know if this, I, is, this is fun. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed tr- trying to find it. That was a good time. Had by me. All right, so he <laughs> said, they're coming, you'll be next. Before being chased away by a mob of people. And then he was hit by a car. And Donald Sutherland, Matthew Bennell, and Elizabeth Driscoll didn't seem that worried with all those people. I'm not going to lie. I really wasn't watching very well d- during that scene. I w- think I was playing a game on my phone. So I realized something had happened to the man, but I didn't know what. And so I didn't know what kind of reaction they were supposed to have. It wasn't to him, though. Oh, well, you you realized that. What do you mean? I knew something had happened to the guy. I just didn't know what. Oh, that's not the part that I thought they should have. Oh. Because they drove by him. Oh, but just all you. those people running. Right. Like, I'd be like, what the crap's going on? And, and they just kind of like, looked. Yeah, and... that's true. They're in San Francisco. Maybe it's weird there. I don't know. I've been to San Francisco once. It wasn't weird. 
It was in the summer, so it was really cold. I mean, I feel like there are probably cities in America where things like that wouldn't seem that weird. I There were things that I saw driving through New Orleans that, like, would be weird in any other town in America, yeah. but was totally normal in New Orleans. That's because the humidity gets to you in New Orleans. Or you could just say it's, like, a really fun city. No, the humidity. It, affects does, your, it affects your brain. As my sister described, it does feel like you're inside someone's mouth <laughs> when you walk outside in Louisiana. I've never stepped foot in someone else's mouth. But you can or imagine. Mine. I don't know why I, I don't know why I added someone else's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've also never stepped foot in my mouth. You can imagine what it would feel like. I always loved that that description. No, God, he's trying to get in my mouth. <laughs> Sad this isn't a visual platform. We need to start videotaping it and getting a YouTube channel. Watch us. Try to podcast like normal humans. We don't do anything like normal humans. Okay. At the bookstore, while Matthew tries to report the accident to... The police. The... Thank you. The, <laughs> the police who don't believe... <laughs> oh. yeah, I feel like we should just call it quits on this one. Neither one of us is drinking alcohol, so no. that's... But I got water. No, I actually oh. got soda so that I would be awake because I really want to go to sleep. Don't. We, we saw what happens if you go to sleep. That's true. Oh, man. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> yes. Elizabeth asks David for help regarding Jeffrey. David theorizes that people are using various pretexts to cope with their highly stressed lives and suggests that Elizabeth is simply using the belief that Jeffrey is behaving differently as an excuse to end their relationship. Because of the destruction of the American family. Yes. Um, also, I have to say, what is it, Doctor? It's not Kibler, is it? Kibner. Kibner. I was like, it's not like Gibbler. Hi, Charlie. That's Full House. He said that it was like there was a hallucinatory flu going around, and that doesn't scare anybody because he'd had several people say the same things to him that like this person is not my husband yeah, or my wife. Or isn't that scary enough? Right. Like as a psychiatrist, I feel like. You should be scared of that. Yeah. Like, I do not know as much about psychiatry as a psychiatrist. I would be scared by that. Yeah. There are drugs that can make you hallucinate. To my knowledge, there are no viruses that would make every single person hallucinate. That scares me. That sounds terrifying. Can you imagine? I feel like that's the premise to a lot of and horror movies. I was going to say in Gotham, sometimes that happens. Oh, that's right. Isn't that what the scarecrow did? Yeah, yeah. More or less. That's terrifying. Yeah. That would be terrifying. And that guy was totally chill about it. Like, it's like a this hallucinatory flu. Hallucinatory. Hallucinatory. Eh. I can't talk. You do you. Hi, buddy. Charlie's here. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Despite other people having also complained that their loved ones had become strange, she contemplates that David may be right. Meanwhile, Matthew's friend, Jack, played by... Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, which... Gilmore Girls just keeps ruining Jeff Goldblum for me. First we have The Fly, now we have The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He's quite young. He's like 26 or 27 in this he movie. He looks so scrawny. Yeah. I just could not get over how tiny he looked. But he is nine years younger than me in that movie, which also blows my mind. Because I feel like Jeff Goldblum never doesn't look like a middle-aged man. I feel like his face is very, I'm a middle-aged man. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He looked like he was in his 20s. He didn't look middle-aged in this movie. I don't know. We've discussed. I'm really bad at judging how old people are. That is true. Charlie, you're just purring all into the mic, aren't you? <laughs> can they hear that? I'm sure they can. 
He likes it. Right. He wants everyone to know he's happy. There you go. Say hi. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a hard hard week. His three year old sister yells at him when she sees him. It stops in her tracks and screams. <laughs> he's never done anything to her. That we know of. He's to set the stage. He's a 15-year-old cat, almost 15-year-old cat. He scratched our oldest when she was a baby because he was sitting on a chair and she kept, like, hitting at him while he was sitting on the chair. And so he, like, swatted back at her and scratched her face and literally has never done anything like that ever again. So he's never done anything to Lee. But she's terrified. Terrified. Out of nowhere. What did you do to her, dude? He's a very sweet cat. And he's very old. He doesn't have the energy to do anything, Lee. Yeah. Okay, Charlie, you can go and stop purring into the mic. <laughs> that was the Charlie segment. <laughs> All right, okay. what were we talking uh, about? I don't know. <laughs> There's a movie I think we're talking about. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. So, Matthew's friend Jack calls Matthew to investigate when a grotesque body covered in fibers, which resembles Jack, is found in his wife Nancy's mud baths. Why did there have to be mud baths? I don't know. In this movie? I don't know. Have you ever taken a mud bath? Hold on. I actually do need to take a second. I don't think so. I went to a spa once for like an all day thing. It was like right after my mom died. I needed something to like just kind of boost myself. And I did a lot of things at the spa. I don't think I did a mud bath though. I feel like that would gross me out. Yeah. I don't think I could do that. Yeah. yeah now I, I definitely couldn't do it. As I was watching, I thought, I mean... Mud baths are supposed to help you. I get it. But as I was watching it, I thought that does not seem anxiety reducing or no. help. I don't know. But it this just... is also how I feel about. So at my at my job, they have the float lab, which I had to explain this to Philip the other night. But it's like, ooh, they're floating. <laughs> it's like a sensory deprivation. I hate to use the word, but like pod with water. And there's like a the certain whole world is the invasion of the body temperatures. <laughs> I know, and we were just watching the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and they had pee pods, and they kept talking about the pods. It's like so much right Were you now. watching with the kids, or just you? You know what? In that moment, I think it was just me. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that was when they were in the kitchen yelling about stuff, and I thought, maybe I'll turn the TV on, and it'll distract them, and it didn't, and I ended up sitting and watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse by myself. <laughs> anyway, we have these float pods at my work. And I haven't been in one yet. And I have some coworkers that have done it because, you know, it's free. And a lot of people actually spend a lot of money to go do that. And I've talked to a lot of subjects who've done it after the fact. And I've heard either, oh my gosh, it was the most relaxing thing ever. Or I was trying so hard to relax that I couldn't relax and it made me more anxious. And I feel like I would be on that mm -hmm. side if I were ever in something like that. And so I feel similar to the mud bath, except in the mud bath, it's open. In these float things, it's like, closed mm -hmm. i couldn't do that I, yeah but also i'd have to do my hair if i did it at work i would have to get out and do my hair i don't have time for that at my job i'm gonna bring my straightener and can't do that so sensing danger from these occurrences matthew goes to elizabeth to warn her he breaks into her house and finds elizabeth in a deep sleep but also discovers a semi-formed duplicate of her in the bedroom suspecting jeffrey's involvement matthew takes elizabeth home with him but when he returns later with the police the duplicate body is gone. So I need to talk about this, though. It was essentially taking overnight for this duplicate body of Elizabeth to be created. Mm -hmm. And then, and I'm jumping ahead, so spoiler alert, at the end, 
Donald Sutherland walked away from Elizabeth for all of what two minutes, and he came back, and she had already already had her life force sucked out, and this whole other person was created. Yes, and earlier in the movie, in this part, we're actually talking about as opposed to later, she wasn't fully formed. Yeah. But then when he steps away for a second at the end of the movie, right? She's completely fully formed, formed. talking to him. Yeah, Maybe. and also. When he falls asleep, which, again, this is later, but also when he falls asleep in the garden, those pods that attach to him, they create multiple bodies quickly. I don't understand. If they can decide how quickly or how slowly it takes them to do it, wouldn't they just do it fast? Possibly. I also wonder if the longer they're there, the quicker they... Oh, maybe. They make the bodies. That would make sense. Maybe starting off, they were super slow. And so by the end of the movie, they're doing it super quick. I'll give you that. That makes sense. Yes. That's my <laughs> win for today. I will accept it. I'm really struggling not talking to my cat right now because we're on a podcast. I'm like petting him. Nobody wants to hear you talk really to Really having a hard time. He's not even going, named hey, after Gil. He's not even named after a Gilmore Girls character. No, he's named after someone who died. That is Let's true. bring that up. Wow. This is <laughs> taking a turn. No, he's named after Charlie Bartlett. Charlie Bartlett did not die. The actor did. The actor did. did. What was his name? Anton Yelchin. Oh, yeah. Who was in a Star Trek movie. What? It all comes back. So the following night, Matthew and his friends are nearly duplicated again as they sleep, which you talked about a little bit, by four pods in Matthew's garden. Can we talk about how I knew, though, that Dr. Spock was a really bad guy from the very beginning? Because I'm really proud of myself for knowing that he was a bad person. That wasn't his name in this movie, though. Mm, Kibner. Kibner. I knew that David. Kibner... You can call him David. Okay. I don't know that I want to be on a first name basis with him. You're on a first name basis can with Can I just David. call him Spock? Lenny. Lenny? Lenny anymore. <laughs> Lenny. Call him Lenny. So Spock. Lenny. Was, was a bad guy the whole time. And I knew it. You did about, I don't know how quickly. I knew it when he said knew. hallucinatory flu. We knew. Because I'm sorry, no psychiatrist is like, oh, there's some contagious thing that's making people see yeah. stuff. I knew it. I felt vindicated when they, like, mm-hmm. finally proved that. When they showed it. Yeah. You are very excited. I knew it. And I thought, man, there's no stopping you talking about how you knew it. I knew it. There's no end to this. No, because I like to be right. Every day for the next year. I knew it. No, I'm going to be right about a million other things this year that I'll be talking about. Don't underestimate my rightness. Okay, you should pick an actor and play, uh, we, we can play dueling five degrees separation of you don't want to play that with me you don't want to play that with me you know how good i am at like remembering random side actors who've been in things he's just i'm gonna win okay so let's move on wow so wow bethany wow what see that's it that's my real housewives reference i should find a real housewives reference in every podcast Okay, you could probably do that. Wow, but, no, but, no, wow. but nobody's impressed with Real Housewives. Danny Pellegrino would be. Okay, he doesn't listen to our podcast. Maybe he will. He retweeted me one time, and it was a really exciting moment. Congratulations. Let's move on. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, where we spend about 20 minutes talking about the movie and 40 minutes talking about being generous. I don't think we talk other about other items. 20 minutes. I don't know. Some of the movies are, have been really long. And we have. That's true. I just don't have much to say about yeah. this one. 
So let's go ahead and get through it. All right, let's go. All right, so the pods duplicate humans while they're sleeping in the immediate vicinity, copying not just their physical characteristics, but also their memories. Once the yeah, du- that was weird. Yeah, once the duplication is complete, the original human dies and disintegrates, and the alien pod person takes their place. Matthew calls the police, but soon realizes that the department has been infiltrated. Yeah, like everyone. Yeah, and he's starting to realize that every single person that it's he the sees. the whole world. Yeah. Because he says he's going to call, call Washington, and that's when Jeff Goldblum is like, mm-hmm. obviously they're already there. Yeah, so I think as the movie goes, you realize, oh, like this group of people are the only ones that are not. Which is where I side with Elizabeth, because there were several points in this movie where she was like, I'm just done. Like, we can't beat them. And he's like, no, we will. We will fight them. We will beat them. No, you won't. It's like the whole world. You have to try. Versus you two. And Elizabeth won't even take off her freaking high heels to fight them. How are you going to fight them? Speaking of high heels... At one point, she and the, I can't remember the actress's name, mm-hmm. and Donald Sutherland decided they were going to race. And so during one of their chase, just, I think, I think they just had a good friendship and they were like, Hey, this, and they were just having fun together. This is and, like behind the scenes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. I like, not in I the really, movie. I, I, was, you, you remember that? I know I was so, playing a game, but man, I was really caught you, up you didn't in see the race? my office mobile game that moment. So they decided to, during one of the one of the scenes where they're running, mm-hmm. once they called cut, they just kept on running and actually raced, mm-hmm. and she won wow. while wearing heels wow. and a dress. That's all wow. you saying. The heels made me think of that. I just think it's dumb that they always put women in heels. Who is the actress in Jurassic World movies? Oh my gosh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Thank you, Bryce Dallas Howard. I was wanting to say Dakota. Danny. No, I just like the name oh, Dakota was in my head, and I I don't know why, but now I know. And it was that was Bryce Dallas Howard, I believe. She wore like crazy heels in all those movies. Stop putting women in heels in action movies. I think it's not a bad idea to an extent, because if it's an action movie, those heels can be good weapons. I mean, bring an extra pair of shoes they can run in as you run with the heels in your hand. Like, let's be. I mean, okay, I won't speak for all women. I will speak for myself. Well, I'll speak for all women. <laughs> Go on. I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm about to get mansplained about women. Go on. As a woman who wears heels to weddings only, and that is it, and I will never, ever wear heels otherwise, it does not make sense to me when women wear heels, ever. I wore them in college. I don't know why. I think just because I was so short. <laughs> I just like needed something to make me taller. But now I literally cannot remember the last time I wore heels. And these women wear them all the time. Although hers looked like very 70s style, thick, like there was a thick base mm-hmm. to the heel. Whereas Bryce Dallas Howard wears stilettos. Those stilettos will kill you, the person that you use them as a weapon See? against. So you need heels. Just the big, thick, chunky have, heel, that's not going to do anything. Have, an, have enough. That stiletto, yeah. Those will, yeah. Just Bryce have another pair of shoes to run in. So you can use, I mean, you have to figure that out, I guess. Just take them off. No, I can't run barefoot. I could. Like, I would, that would slow me up so much. Any shoes on. That's because <laughs> your ankles always roll. My ankles do roll. You have such weak ankles. <laughs> I'm sure Charlie's offended for you. <laughs> I'm crying now. <laughs> You do, though. You roll your ankles more than any human I've ever met. No, 
I got that from my mom. <laughs> She's well, your mom like broke her ankle in like fifteen different places that's... once, so apparently that's what our future is. <laughs> If she's if she listens to our podcast, she's not anymore. Oh. She's like, I'm done. I'm not being mean to her. But yeah, yeah. I I, I roll my ankles. It hurts. Yeah, you do. Well, what happened is I rolled it. I really... also never said there was anything wrong with you rolling your ankles. I, I rolled it really bad when I was in college, and so at... did, was it? Did it happen prior to that, or was that no? Like, like that was the okay, first so time I ever like rolled it. Time. I okay. rolled it really bad when I was in. Well, I mean, I probably like stepped on the side of it before, right like a normal but not like full-on rolling it i rolled it really bad in college but i was an intern at a, at a church where i'm working now I was gonna say and, <laughs> yes and so i had to work summer camps and continue to work and i never like let it properly heal and mm-hmm. ever since that rolling it really bad while i camp i was actually at camp when i rolled it now it's, you roll it's it at rolled camp super... every single time you go. No, 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 no. I I do Most every couple times. Of... I do, I do it like every three or four years. We're going to talk about the movie. <laughs> Nobody cares about me hurting myself. Whoever brought that up. It's just your reality. They've begun tracking him through the phone lines, alerting others to the group's location. Matthew destroys his own duplicate, semi-form duplicate, before escaping with the others. Pursued by the aliens who emit a shrill scream when they discover a human being among them, drawing other aliens nearby. Cornered at a dead end road, Jack and Nancy break away and create a distraction, allowing Matthew and Elizabeth to hide and eventually escape back into the city, where Matthew declares his love for Elizabeth. See, and I really liked their relationship in the beginning because I was like, oh, because they're just like, like best really friends. good friends. Yeah. yeah. So I was a little irritated at that turn. I was like, come yeah, on. Yeah, so was I. Like, I could they I, not I, just be friends? Through the I movie? liked the idea of them just being like best buds. It just felt really cliche that like in those harrowing moments was when he was like, I'm in love with you. And now suddenly there was a romance. And I was like, but that, it, it just irritated me. I was annoyed by it. Have we gotten to the banjo dog person thing yet? Because we need to talk about no, that not yet, for but... at least an hour. We're not going to talk for about for an hour, like okay, five good, seconds. Because I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> there you go. And there's a very, even today in 2022, I remember the year, almost earlier today, I said 2021. You've definitely said 2021 on this podcast before. I know when I it have. was not 2021. I know I have. But there is a lack of male, female, just platonic relationships. Yeah. Or of being like best friends. Yeah. If there's a lead, male, female, they have to have either a relationship or one liking the other or it eventually growing into a relationship. Although I have to say that might be more realistic that they would develop romantic feelings for each other because they are in this very endorphin fueling intense situation. So it would make sense that they would bond really strongly Mm -hmm. and that would be perceived as romantic mm. feelings so that's probably more realistic but it also just really irritated yeah. me because i really liked their friendship at the beginning and then at the beginning is when we we're trying to say okay are they we, we were trying to decide yeah. are they having an affair are they and when i realized they weren't i was like oh i like that the pair takes refuge in the health department where they each ingest a large dose of speed to prevent themselves from falling asleep wait really yes it definitely wasn't paying attention to that part uh, track through the phone lines they are soon captured by jack and david who have been duplicated. Elizabeth and Matthew are injected with sedatives while being told of the aliens' intentions for survivability, but due to their previous consumption of speed, they do not fall asleep. All right. All right. I'm with you then. 
Okay, so I wish I had seen the speed scene because I was super irritated that he had intravenously given them sedatives and they stayed awake for the rest of the movie. Okay, that makes sense. I'm okay. I'm all right with that. Why was there speed in their workplace? That's a good question. I don't have the answer to that, though. I also would like to say that I never want Leonard Nimoy to give me anything intravenously. Because it was just like he like looked at their hands and was like, oh, that's a vein. And then just like shoved yeah. a needle in. It's not yeah. how it works, man. They're able to kill Jack's duplicate and they lock David in a refrigerated room and escape. Matthew and Elizabeth reunite with Nancy, who has learned to evade the aliens. Somehow Nancy just goes through this whole movie. Right? Like, without, how? I don't know. She's, I don't know. I don't know. But somehow she's able to get through the whole movie. Wasn't there one point where it was, like, obvious that she was some kind of conspiracy theorist, though? Didn't she say something about how, like, aliens had invaded? Like, that's how Earth began? Uh, I don't, she had a weird kind of conspiracy theorist thing about her. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why she survived. Maybe. She's learned to evade the aliens by hiding her emotions and blending in with them. So she's just maybe really good at hiding her emotions. Yeah, I guess. Because that's the way to trick them. The two follow her example, but their cover is blown when Elizabeth screams at the sight of a mutant dog with a human head. God almighty. That played banjo music. I don't remember playing banjo music. No, because that was what the guy did. He sat and he played his banjo Mm. with his dog. And so when this dog with the human face came out, it was playing banjo music, like, yeah. out of its body. That's what made it even scarier okay. because of the dissonance I must, between... I must have not noticed the banjo music being oh played God. at the time. It was awful. It was so gross. They separate from Nancy amid the chaos and quickly board a truck to Pier 70, where the aliens are cultivating more pods, intending to transport them to other cities. Matthew scouts around for a way to flee the area, but the ship he hopes they can get away on is also revealed to be carrying pods to distant locations. Matthew returns to Elizabeth, but she's fallen asleep, and when he embraces her, she disintegrates in his arms. Moments later, the naked body of a duplicated Elizabeth appears, and she speaks to him to try to get him to join her. Kind of naked. Kind of Barbie. There's no nipples. Oh, were there not? Yeah, it's weird. Every time they showed them creating a body mm-hmm. at least of women I, didn't, I don't remember looking at them on that closely but the women it was literally just like a barbie oh yeah where it was just like breasts with no nipples i did not because they, they showed her later when he was in that like factory mm-hmm. and she had she was still naked and she had no nipples it's very strange interesting so the duplicates weren't fully accurate or whatever person or the, created this movie or was the like, sensors. this is the only way I'm going to be able to yeah. get this out there. Pursued by the shrieking duplicate Elizabeth, he breaks into the docks warehouse and burns down the building, destroying hundreds of pods. He flees and hides under a bridge, exhausted as the aliens try to find him. One of his pursuers tells another he has to fall asleep eventually. Then we go to Matthew walking like an alien and showing no outward signs of emotion, returns to work at the health department. He watches several school children being taken for duplication and more pods being prepared for the remaining West Coast cities. At the end of the day, as he heads towards City Hall, he hears his name being called. Nancy, still on the loose, quietly approaches him and attempts a hushed conversation. To her horror, he points at her and emits an ear-splitting shriek, having been replaced by an alien duplicate. And I 100% have seen a still of yeah. that shriek yeah. of him making that face. Yeah. I don't know if it's in a GIF format or if it's Something, just a picture, yeah, I but feel like I've I seen had seen that before. Yeah. So obviously I had no idea what it was from. 
Was anyone shocked by that ending, though? Like, this is what I need to know. Because I was not shocked by it, but I was wondering if I was not shocked by it because I heard Lorelai's reference to, is that your Donald Sutherland impression? Or maybe someone had mentioned it to me at some point. But, like, when people saw this in theaters, were they shocked that he had been changed? Because I feel like it was kind of a given. I'm sure. Really? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead, and we're not doing our ratings. I am probably going to rate this pretty high. I really like the movie and what I loved about it was I was expecting it to have a quote unquote happy ending or, and I love the, the ominous ending. That's what makes the movie so good is the uncomfortable feeling at the end. That's what makes the birds so good is at the end, the birds are just watching them as they. Well, I've never seen the birds. So are we going to watch it with this? Thank you for ruining that. Oh, I don't know. Who hasn't seen the birds? I I didn't even think about saying spoiler warnings. But anyways, but that's what makes it so good is the ominous ending. Not knowing what's going to happen. Not knowing is she going to be able to get away. Or kind of just the dread of, well, now she's going to become one of them as well. And that's what makes the movie so good is the unexpected ending. I don't like to leave movies uncomfortable. (laughs) I don't like it at all. I don't like it. I'm going to rate it really low. Not as low as the fly, but what did I rate the fly? Zero? I know. I don't know. You rated it something. You rated, Obviously. You rated it lower than you should have. I don't remember what it was. All right. So are we done with this movie? No. This movie is one of those movies that is often thought of as either better or equal to the original. Mm. Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert both liked this movie and gave it two thumbs up in 1978. But they also wondered why Philip Kaufman remade the 1956 classic. The critical consensus since then is that the 1978 remake is actually better than the original. The best of the bunch in terms of the four iterations of the story. Four? So apparently there's four iterations of the story. I think there's only two that are actually called The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I think there's mm-hmm. one that might be called The Invasion. Isn't that the one with Nicole Kidman? I don't know. I feel like... Hold on. I feel like there's a movie called The Invasion that Nicole Kidman is in. And it's this 2007 film... Nicole yeah. Kidman. Yeah, Carol Bennell and yep. her colleague Ben Driscoll. So yeah, so Nicole Kidman has the Bennell role, and then the Elizabeth role is Daniel Craig. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, see, in this one, it says her son holds the key to stopping the spread of the plague. And that movie's only an hour 39 minutes. This one was almost two hours. This one felt like it ran really long. It felt like there were multiple moments where it was like, it's got to be ending soon. There were a few times where I thought, surely it's ending. I didn't hate it. It didn't, like, freak me out as much as some other ones do. It wasn't as gross as some other ones have been. Mm -hmm. But it it did not give me good feelings. I will say that. Well, let's go ahead and rate it. You don't have any behind-the-scenes stuff for us? I did not. I mean, I had behind-the-scenes with Kevin McCarthy, which led to my Gene Kelly segment, the most popular segment in podcasts. Hold on a second. Is this segment going to take away... From the content that we are used to getting from you? No. I I said some behind-the-scenes stuff. It was just in the middle of the synopsis. Okay. I didn't find any casting what-ifs. I liked, I liked saying, hey, this oh, is yeah, who. Those are fun. And I didn't see any of that. Okay. And that's a lot of what my behind-the-scenes is. All right. It's I will, not going to detract. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, though. Man, now I'm nervous. We'll see. We'll see for the next movie, man. I hope I don't get fired. I mean, so. it, it could happen. What are you going to rank this? Two. Okay. Okay. Two. I'm going to rank it a seven. 
I really liked it. Really? I did. And the reason I rank it so high is because of the ending. I love that uneasy feeling at the end. So I'm going to rank it a 7. Who in the Gilmore Girls universe would like this movie? Kirk. But that's my answer. You just, you just taking my that's answer? That's the best answer, though. It's because it's the, the best, best character. Answer. 100%. From someone who's seen every episode, minus most of them. I have not seen every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Are you okay? <laughs> I don't think so. Punch uh, No, it would be Kirk, because Kirk would be walking around town wondering who in Stars Hollow is a pod person. I mean, 100%. Yeah. Okay. It's Kirk. Who in Stars Hollow was probably a pod person? Taylor. Taylor? Taylor Dosey. Who do you think was a pod person? Man, I shouldn't have asked that question. Shouldn't have. Because now I got to come up with an answer. I think it's Jess. Because <laughs> you hate him? No, I'm not going to say anything negative about Jess. It's just the... Jess has a lot him. of emotions. I think Jess has a lot of emotions. Stealing words from no, me now. No, he has a lot of emotions. He can't hide from them. So he would get because so yeah, so they he he can't hide from them, and I don't think he would run away. I think he'd run towards them. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> but with his I don't think he can hide his emotions. And the only way you can stay alive or whatnot is if you Completely hide your emotions. Okay. I, I, whatever. <laughs> right, the next movie is Nine and a Half Weeks. Ugh. I've seen this one. It's... Uh, I won't say it's horrible. It's not good. All right. It has, I believe, Mickey Rourke. Yes. And Kim Basinger. Mickey which... Rourke when he looked like a normal human being. This one has like two or three sequels. Does it... Stop um, it right now. Is that true? I think I think so. Oh my god! Look it up. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of sex in this one. <laughs> yeah, I read a short synopsis and I saw that. I was like, "Whoa, this is yeah, it's a an lot. interesting movie." It's a lot. Oh, there's a prequel called "The First Nine and a Half Weeks." Oh my gosh, this movie was not good. But there's another one with Mickey Rourke. Oh, why? I don't know why. Another nine and a half weeks. Stop it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was called Love in Paris, but it was released as another nine and a half weeks. But it's also called Love in Paris. And that's with Mickey Rourke and Agatha de la Fontaine. Fontaine? I feel like there might be some feminist rants in the next podcast. Just saying. So join us for that. And we'll catch you in two and a half We'll catch you in two and a half weeks. I'm too busy with the half. We'll catch you in two weeks as we talk about Nine and a half weeks. Bye. Bye.